This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Welcome to This Week in Addiction Medicine. My name is Bob Davis, and today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. This week's lead story is from Plus One, entitled Examining Sociodemographic Correlates of Opioid Use, Misuse, and use disorders in the All of Us research program. This study aims to estimate the prevalence of opioid use in the association with sociodemographic characteristics from the survey data and electronic health record data. A total of 214,000 participants completed the survey modules and shared the EHR data. A lifetime prevalence of street opioids was 4%, and the non-medical use of prescription opioids was 9%. Men had higher odds of lifetime opioid use, but reduced odds of current non-medical use of prescription opioids. Participants from other racial and ethnic groups were at reduced odds of lifetime use, but increased odds of current use compared with non-Hispanic white participants. Foreign-born participants were at reduced risks of opioid use and diagnosed with OUD compared with U.S.-born participants. Men, younger, white, and U.S.-born participants were more likely to have OUD. Our next story comes from Hart, entitled Prevalence and Impact of Recreational Drug Use in Patients with Acute Cardiovascular Events. This prospective observational study investigated the prevalence of recreational substance use in patients admitted for an acute cardiovascular event in France. Of all patients screened, Over 10% had a positive urine toxicology screen, and close to 30% of these used multiple substances. One-third of those under 40 years of age had a positive screen. Those patients who used substances experienced a greater proportion of in-hospital major adverse events than those who did not. After adjusting for comorbidities, cannabis, cocaine, and MDMA were independently associated with higher risk of MAE. Those using multiple substances demonstrated a doubling of risk of MAE as well. Next, from obstetrics and gynecology, a study called The Duration and Timing of in Utero Opioid Use Exposure and Incidence of Neonatal Withdrawal Syndrome. This study examines the association of neonatal opioid withdrawal syndrome, NOWS, and prenatal exposure to prescription opioids. They counted the number of days of exposure to opioids during pregnancy and the timing of that exposure to early or late pregnancy. Data was obtained from Wisconsin administrative records between 2011 and 2019. Exposure to opioids late in pregnancy, adjusted for duration of exposure, was associated with increased odds of NOWS. Longer duration of exposure, adjusted for timing of exposure during pregnancy, was associated with increased odds of NOWS. The risk of NOWS increases with longer duration of opioid exposure and with exposure in the third trimester. Next comes from addiction. Changes to opioid overuse deaths and community naloxone access among black, Hispanic, and white people from 2016 to 2021 with the onset of COVID-19 pandemic and interrupted time series analysis in Massachusetts. The authors evaluated opioid overuse deaths community-based naloxone distribution, and the naloxone availability in Massachusetts from 2016 to 2021. 
Overall, the OUD rate did not change pre- and post-pandemic, while naloxone distribution rates increased, with a trend continuing past post-pandemic. However, in stratified analysis by race and ethnic groups, they found significant differences. In particular, the rate among non-Hispanic black population increased significantly post-pandemic, while remaining relatively stable among other groups. While naloxone distribution rates did increase among all groups, it did not increase among the non-Hispanic black population. These findings highlight the need to consider race and ethnicity in evaluation and tailoring interventions to address disparities. Next, the American Journal of Emergency Medicine provides a story on increasing the number and shifting demographics of adolescent opioid use disorder presentations in the emergency department. In this study, authors examine opioid-related emergency department visits among adolescents ages 12 to 21 in a hospital system between 2014 and 2022. In the study period, they found a drastic increase in visits occurred post-COVID, with over half, 63.2%, of all visits occurring in the last two years. Among those 13 to 17, there was a 1,700% increase in emergency department visits post-COVID versus pre-COVID. They also found the most significant increases among the Hispanic population in the hospital system. The authors note that the linkage to care from emergency departments for adolescents is limited or not available, particularly medication for opioid use disorder. However, given the dramatic increase in adolescent opioid-related visits to emergency departments, Pathways to care for this population are needed. Next, The Lancet provides a story on the emerging fentanyl xylazine syndemic in the United States, challenges, and future directions. This commentary notes that the increasing involvement of the sedative analgesic xylazine in opioid overdoses and describes it as a syndemic. This past July, the Office of Drug Control Policy identified fentanyl adulterated with xylazine as an emerging threat. The authors proposed three responses. First, increased checking of the drug supply in addition of xylazine to toxicology screens to serve as an early warning system. Second, education of healthcare providers regarding xylazine, including management of skin ulcers and polysubstance withdrawal. Also, efforts to reduce the stigma associated with xylazine use among providers. Third, expand the naloxone distribution and education. There is no approved reversal agent for xylazine, so naloxone use needs to include measures such as airway management and oxygen. Next, the Journal of Addiction Medicine provides a study on initiation of extended release depot buprenorphine and patient subject to a community treatment order for both antipsychotic and opioid agonist treatments. Opioid use disorder and schizophrenia are commonly comorbid, and patient outcomes are improved when these conditions are managed concurrently. Extended release depot buprenorphine is an emerging option for the treatment of moderate to severe OUD, and it may provide certain benefits in patients with concurrent OUD and psychosis. This is a case study of a 32-year-old man with schizophrenia, traumatic brain injury, and OUD with a history of multiple opioid-related overdoses, followed by an insertive community treatment team and subject to a community treatment order for both his primary psychotic disorder and OUD treatments. The role of extended-release depot buprenorphine 
in this unique patient population and the ethical considerations of involuntary treatment of OUD in patients with lacking capacity to consent to treatment are explored. Our final story comes from JAMA, Unintentional Pediatric Ingestion of Cannabis, Addressing a Growing Public Health Risk. Some 37 states now permit some degree of cannabis use. Unintentional THC exposure in children has increased as more cannabis products become more widely available. In this viewpoint, the authors address the risk posed by copycat THC products, products packaged to look like well-known consumer brands. The National Poison Control Centers report that 10,000 cases of unintentional exposure to edible THC products from January 2021 to May 2022, in spite of state laws prohibiting products from being attractive to children, enforcement faces challenges due to law enforcement authority. Providers must do more to educate consumers about the inherent dangers of these unregulated and unlicensed products. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and at asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.